you don't have to work for money, like kind of money works for you, you know what I mean? You're listening to Investing for Good, a show that brings you the stories and strategies of people who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design, and impact the world around them. And now, here are your hosts, Annie Dickerson and Julie Lamb. Hey, Julie, how are you today? I'm good, Annie. How are you? I'm pretty good, but just, oh, this... It's the holiday season, the holiday rush. You know, there's just so much stuff to do all the time. I know. Between like the shopping, getting the Christmas tree, hiding the gifts from the kids. I mean, I don't know what you oh. guys are doing about that. Wait, wait. So you actually have the gifts in your house. <laughs> I haven't even ordered the gifts yet. <laughs> Honey, you know, we're like less than a, what are we, a week away from <laughs> Yeah. Usually we start doing our shopping um, on Black Friday. And that's Mm. when the shopping starts and it's perfect timing. And then you get the gift, you know, sometime and then you get them wrapped and then you get them under the tree so that you can create all that anxiety of like, you know, what is in that red box over there? Pick it up. Right. (laughs) That's what Christmas is all about. You got to get on it, Annie. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No, Christmas in our house is also about celebrating our older son's birthday, which happens four days before Christmas. So it's like everything all at once. Yeah, that must be such a tough thing to like separate the two. You know, Mm -hmm. I I talk to parents who are like, oh, no, we just we just do it all together. And then other ones are like, no, we try to, you know, celebrate the birthday and then do Christmas and keep it very separate. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we try to keep it very separate, but uh, it just ends up being a lot around this time of year. I mean, it was the same. Um, my husband and I got married on October 6th, which is one day after my birthday on October oh. 5th. <laughs> and so I'm very much of a separate celebrations person. And so I gave him one year to get it right. And I said, honey, <laughs> you got one year. You got to do two separate things. And yeah. sure enough, October 4th comes along and he's <laughs> like, oh, we're just going to do one thing, right? We're going to go out for dinner. I'm like, uh, yeah. Nah. So the following year, we we changed it. So now we do nice. two separate things. So you go. that's what you have to do is do two separate things. Otherwise, somebody feels like they're getting stiffed is usually what ends up yeah. <laughs> oh, Exactly. Well, today on the podcast, we have a really special guest, Sharon Sung, and she's the owner of Digital Nomad Quest. And, um, you know, I had heard the term digital nomad before, and but Sharon is really living it. She's one of the few people I know who's actually a digital nomad, meaning she's living the laptop life, essentially, and she's able to work from anywhere in the world, which is incredible. I know. It's so amazing. I actually didn't know what a digital nomad was until now, until we've talked with Sharon. And now she basically explained how she did it and what she did. And um, she shared so many, so many little nuggets of like little strategies that I'm like, I was furiously jotting my notes and I'm going to have to like re-listen to this episode so that I can go back and figure out, okay, what did she say? was the best thing to do for X. And um, yeah. yeah, she just dropped so many nuggets. So it's such a great episode. I knew you would love this one. Yeah. Because you know Julie's always talking about like, oh, I want to start an Amazon yes. thing or an Etsy yeah. thing. Yeah. And so I knew this would be so perfect. Um, yes. And she, 
yes. Yeah. It's such a good, such a good episode. And Sharon has lived it, done it. She's actually back now in the Bay Area and working a full-time job, but she's created all these passive income streams and we talk in detail about all of those. So um, yeah, great show. Excellent show. There's so much good stuff in it. Check it out. You're going to enjoy this one with Sharon Sung of Digital Nomad Quest. Sharon, how are you? I'm good. How about you? Very good. Now, Sharon, over the past few years, you've done something that most people only dare to dream of. Now, I'll try to sum it up here. But you had a perfectly good job as a marketing manager here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And rather than work that job day in and day out until retirement, you decided to quit your job in 2016. And you spent two years, I can't believe it, two years traveling the world and building up multiple streams of passive income as a digital nomad. Now, for those who are listening who might never have heard that term before, digital nomad, start by telling us what a digital nomad is and then tell us your story about your transition from a full-time employee to becoming a digital nomad. Yeah, so basically a digital nomad is someone who works location independently from wherever they want from the comforts of their laptop. So um, I pretty much learned about this through like YouTube videos and blogs and stuff like that. And I was like, I I should try to do this because I had been in the Bay Area for like most of my life. So basically in 2016, I quit my job, traveled the world for two years as a digital nomad, built passive income streams through Etsy, Amazon and blogging. And then decided to come back and come back to a marketing position, actually. But I think what sparked it all was really trying to see other ways of living and seeing like other cultures and stuff like that. And I had just been here for so long, been in in a cubicle for so long that I wanted to see what else was out there. So, yeah, basically my story, like I ended up just studying tons of books and resources and stuff like that, trying to see about how I could build passive income streams. And I actually started with like real estate investment and then it led me to like online business type of stuff, which is where I came across like Etsy, um, Kindle, Amazon, like Merch by Amazon stuff, Amazon FBA, blogging, like tons of avenues. And it made me realize there, there are tons of ways to make money online and make it passively so that, you know, um, Basically, you don't have to work for money, like kind of money works for you, you know what I mean? So yeah, that was the whole thing that sparked it. And I just like went down this rabbit hole, like studying so much. And then I decided to take the leap. Six months out, I booked like a, like a flight to Stockholm, like a one way. And I was thinking I could either just do it or not, but like, I might as well try. So by that time I was able to secure some part-time remote positions as well as start building up some of the passive income streams. And then I basically took the leap. So what was, what kind what was the first, you mentioned REI real estate investment was like the first thing that you did. What, what was that? Was it a single family home or? Yeah. I mean, well, back in when I was actually 22, I got my first rental in like Antioch is a single family home, Mm -hmm. but I didn't like know too much about it. Like my parents helped guide me through a lot of the process. I put the money down, but then I started thinking, oh, that's like one path to really making passive income. Mm -hmm. So I was like going to meetups and then um, just studying a lot there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to get back into it again, but that was like the main, like it still makes me passive income to this day. And what, what did your parents teach you? Like did they, did they help you buy the home or did you use your own money? 
So I use my own money, but um, like my brother helped me with half at first and I just paid him back and then it's under my name basically. Uh But my parents had like a connect with an agent and then that person was like, oh, there's this property. Are you interested in it? And then Uh they asked me like, oh, would you be interested in um, getting a rental property? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's basically what happened. Yeah. And then we like renovated it a little bit, put in, I think like 13 grand to like renovate it and then. Yeah, it rents out really well. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what are the numbers on that? If you don't mind sharing, do you know like what kind of like rent are you getting? How much did you put down? Yeah, um, how much did I put down? It's been a while. Uh, I would say maybe like around eighty grand ish. Uh, how much I put down? Okay, that that's kind of after like the the fees as well as like remodeling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The the cash flow numbers. I need, I need to pull them up, but like it's, I basically make around 700 a month from like after everything. Yeah. So uh, I also have a property manager. I pay him um, as well. And then it comes out to that much. So. Yeah. And the reason I'm asking is because I think, you know, a lot of people find motivation in that, right? Like 700 bucks a month. That's not like, we're not talking about, you know, like $50 a month here. We're talking about, you know, grocery money, potentially, you know, you save that up for a year. You're talking about a trip to go somewhere. Like it's a good way to introduce you to the idea of putting your money to work and creating passive income. So you started there in the real estate investing. And then how did you transition to other things? Because I'm super curious about that because I've only done real estate investing and I've been so curious about you know, creating an online store or something that I don't have to really put too much time and energy into. Um, and so I guess that's a question is, is that possible to have like an Amazon store, kind of Etsy store, something where you don't have to put time and energy into it and it actually, you know, cash flows and provides passive income. So how did you make that transition from a real estate investment and then actually get into doing something that's, you know, more uh, um, non, non-investment related, so to speak, and more of like a business? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like that experience with the the rental home, that was like years before actually. And then I was kind of just like studying it again to like be like, oh, maybe I can um, purchase my next one. But then like I ended up reading a bunch of books on like how to like create a website and like get clients if I wanted to, like if I want to make my websites for them or something. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know, it just ended up like leading to a bunch of other avenues of like Etsy and Amazon and I think they all still work. Like, you know, more and more people are getting onto it, but you can still definitely make a lot on all those platforms. Okay. Mm-hmm. So walk us through how this works because you're blowing my mind right now. So walk us through how this works. Uh, do you have to have, do you have a product that you sell on Etsy? Yeah. So or Amazon? Yeah. Um, on Etsy, I sell like digital downloads. So like Photoshop templates and Microsoft Word templates. Um, So they're digital files and they just live on Etsy. And then that's what makes Mm -hmm. it so passive that when they purchase, um, they automatically get their files. Mm -hmm. So that could be like wedding card templates or Mm -hmm. like photography, mini sessions, ads and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you just design those and put those in your shop. But Mm -hmm. um, it's not even limited to like design work, because if you think about it, like maybe in real estate investing, like you can put up like spreadsheets of like your how you analyze mm. like deals and stuff mm. and they can like put their numbers in yeah and that could be something you sell so there are a lot of different opportunities and yeah that's on the etsy side and then fba so i don't know if you've heard of fulfillment by amazon mm-hmm. um 
Yeah. Okay. So you basically work with like manufacturers, maybe in China, and they they ship over product for you to the warehouse. And basically, whenever you get uh, sales, Amazon will ship it from their warehouse to like whoever purchased it, right? Mm-hmm. So that makes it pretty passive because after you find winning products, you can like keep um, replenishing, just like telling the manufacturer, "Oh, I need like another this many units," and then it just like keeps mm-hmm. going. So yeah, I just what kind of products are these? Yeah, I, I sell little like so I try to just look for small lightweight items that. Um, Mm -hmm. You basically kind of do research on Amazon of like what ranks well in terms of like what's selling as well as like how many competitors you have. So you want to get that like good middle um, area where it kind of intersects those two of like, oh, there's not like too much competition, but it's also making money. And then that's Mm -hmm. where you kind of try ordering um, samples from the manufacturer and then getting it private labeled, shipping it over and then testing it out basically. And then is it a matter of just creating like the the images and the the description and the like that kind of thing to make it stand out from other products? Yeah. So, I mean, one thing you would want to do is maybe like see if there's something you can improve upon, like one of the products that you'd order from uh, manufacturers, compare it to what's already Mm -hmm. available and then kind of tweak it and then like make it the best it can be and then try to get ratings, try to um, make the best photos and descriptions. So, yeah. So up Um, front, there's a certainly like a time investment into this, right? Like to get it to a point of being passive because I mean, that sounds like a lot of work, like, like, like trying to figure out like what it is and then getting the reviews and then like, you know, all of that, that just sounds like so much work. But do you get to a point where it is passive? Like after you get the shop set up and you've got a lot of reviews or like, does it ever get to a point where you don't have to do anything? Yeah, basically, like when it gets to if it ranks well on the first page or something like that, you know, um, it'll keep getting sales. So you just keep replenishing it. Mm -hmm. So you just need to make sure you don't like run out because that can hurt your rankings pretty hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that was probably my third like passive income stream I started pursuing. And then so Etsy was like my first one. I tried Kindle a little bit, um, but I was like, eh, it's not really my thing. Mm -hmm. And then um, Merch by Amazon was actually the next one, which is actually like even more passive than like any of these other streams. Mm -hmm. Basically the idea is you design uh, custom designs for apparel or like mugs and stuff like that. And you upload that onto that platform Mm -hmm. and Amazon will actually put it on, you know, custom apparel and stuff and ship it out. So you don't have to like do anything. You don't have to own the inventory, same thing. Mm -hmm. But the, uh, reason why it's even more passive than Etsy is that like there's no customer support that you need to do and it's all like in royalties so it's like really easy huh mm-hmm. interesting yeah this is so this is so smart because I used to have an Etsy store uh-huh. I you know I have I do designs and I thought oh what a fun way to you know ha- have somewhere to put my designs and so I created an Etsy store but my fatal mistake was I didn't do digital files. I thought, oh, well, I want people to hang my artwork in their house. So I'm going to send them a print and I'm going to get it printed and drop shipped to them. So I worked out this whole funnel to where I would actually ship them a physical product. And then after a while, I realized, oh, it's such a chore Mm. to have to do that every time. I hated it when people made an order because then I'd have to go in and fulfill the order. And I just, it was too much. And so I had to close the store. But Uh what you're talking about 
is it seems so much more passive and something that you can do from really anywhere in the world. Yeah, it's very passive. And actually, for what you're saying, there are different services now that like you can partner mm. with to do that. I think Printful, you can print posters. So like you could just right. upload the design and they'll like do it for you as well. So that could yes. be something to explore too. So that one's like print on demand is what they call it. Um, it's kind mm-hmm. of like Merch by Amazon, but yeah, they have partners like Printful, T Public, and like a bunch of other ones that do stuff like that. So yeah, we'll get back to our conversation with Sharon in just a minute. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate, but aren't sure you have the time or the desire to manage the investment? Perhaps you're afraid like we were that you'll make the mistake of choosing the wrong market or the wrong team and lose your entire investment. Well, that's exactly why we created the Good Egg Investor Club. We do the work of identifying solid real estate investment opportunities in the best markets around the country and then partner with you to acquire these investments and then we'll all share in the returns. We'll identify the growing markets, strong, experienced teams, and the solid deals. We do all the heavy lifting of managing the tenants and the renovations, and as a passive partner, you get to enjoy all the benefits of investing in real estate, monthly cash flow, long-term appreciation, and the ongoing tax benefits. When we first discovered passive investing through real estate syndications, we realized it fit perfectly into our busy lives. We could put our money to work for our families, work less, and get more time back in our days so that we could focus on what matters most and discover our true passion and purpose in life. We've now helped hundreds of people invest passively in real estate syndications and are seeing the positive impact it's had on their lives. We invite you to partner with us by joining the Good Egg Investor Club today so you can start putting your money to work for you and get more time back in your day because we know that when people have more time in their days, they can do the true work they were intended to do and the world will be a better place. To sign up for the Good Egg Investor Club, go to goodegginvestments.com invest and we'll take it from there. That's goodegginvestments.com invest. And now... Back to our chat with Sharon Sung. You've quit your job. You've built up all these. How many? So within, let's say, the first year that you had quit your job and you were traveling the world, how many of these different passive income streams did you pursue and had you built up? Um, in the In the first year? So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was kind of a very slow progress, to be honest, because I think Mm -hmm. the first like most of that first year I was doing some part time remote work as well. And then doing like the passive income on the side till I like slowly transition. So I think the first year I really focused on like Etsy and as well as like blogging. Mm -hmm. So you can also, Mm -hmm. you know, make affiliate commissions and stuff like that through that as well as ad money. Um, So, yeah, I was focusing on that and then like maybe after that first year I started expanding after I found that worked well, I was like, let me try new ones. And then mm. I think, um, a lot of people say you should focus on one. I think that's probably a better idea, but I just really like experimenting with a lot of different ones. And I do like believe in diversifying. So like I ended up working like every single one I attempted, you know, it, it all makes money. So it's just a matter of which one aligns with your strengths, with your time and capital, um, and then going for it and staying persistent. You know? mm-hmm. And what kind of part-time yeah. work were you doing? You said you were doing like part-time remote work. Like what, what kind of things do you do? 
Yeah. So it was all marketing related. So the job I quit, they actually asked if I would, you know, work part-time remotely. So that was one Mm -hmm. as well as I designed like Facebook ads for the marketing agency. I did that as well and like managed their account for another like agency. So I was doing like a bunch of different (laughs) remote jobs that was around paid ads mainly. Yeah. Well, I think that's so important for people to hear because it's not like you quit your job, snapped your fingers, and all of a sudden you had all this passive income coming in. It was like a process, right? It was trial and error, and you had to put in the time to research and to build up each passive income stream one by one. And so now, okay, so the first year it was sort of slow going, and you were trying to figure things out. And so then in that second year, did things pick up? Yeah, I mean, I think towards that end of that first year, I was like, oh, it's working. (laughs) And then it kind of, you know, I tried all these other ones and merch by Amazon picked up super quickly. So um, Mm -hmm. it was one after another. And I was like, wow, these all work. And then I was, yeah, just enjoying life like in Chiang Mai, Thailand was like where I spent four months there. And it's crazy because the expenses were like 600 a month there for me, where that included everything that included like flights, accounts, yeah, and like entertainment, food, like everything, you know, so it was crazy that everywhere I traveled to, like, I, I didn't spend that much. I spent like maybe a grand a month, like average, you know, so it's pretty crazy. So how did you get, so like, I, I kind of want to take it back a little bit back to like mm-hmm. making that decision. Cause this is something that I struggled with when I met around the time that I met Annie was making that decision to quit your job. So had you created some passive income already at the point that you quit your job or how did you get the confidence to say, okay, I'm just going to quit my job and I'm going to go travel the world. Like, I think that's such a hard concept for so many people to, you know, to take from, it sounds like a great idea to let's make this a reality. So how did you like do that? What did you, you know, like was passive income already a part of that and you already had that going? And so you saw the, you know, you saw the light at the end of the tunnel and you saw the possibility of all of that, or what did that picture look like at the time that you made the decision to leave? Yeah, I think at that time I was, you know, kind of unhappy. Like I was going to the same place every day and just like experience, like at work every day. And just like, I could be out there like enjoying life type of thing. And I was living at home for a while. Um, I wanted to save on rent. Like I didn't want to pay rent. So I, you know, I lived in Fremont basically. And it's like pretty dull. Like there's not much to do. And then everyone's living it up in the city, but spending a lot of money. So I was just like, feel like I deserve this. <laughs> I deserve like, you know, a break and like to travel. But also I thought it was kind of financially responsible too, because you can build passive income streams that like remain for life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the expenses are a lot less like, like versus if I just, um, if I lived in SF, the rent is already crazy, like way more than I even spent traveling the mm-hmm. world. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just thought it was a good decision. And then when I thought about it more, it made sense. And I was like, all right, let me like find those remote positions. And that made me feel a lot more secure. I also booked like six months of flights and accommodations in advance because I was like, I want to make sure I'm super, I'm like a risk averse person. So I like prefer to have everything (laughs) like structured and figure it out. Um, Yeah. So I was like, all right, let me book all this. And I, I felt safe, like, because yeah, I had those um, income streams going. I, I started making a little bit in passive income, but like not not much. It was like literally a hundred bucks a month or something. And I was like, when, oh, at I the can point make money when you on- quit, it was like a hundred bucks a month. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Really low, you yeah. know. I was like, yeah, and I was like, this is enough for me to realize like it can work if I just put in the time. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that whole like six months before I left was like all preparation for that moment. Yeah. Because I just felt like it was the right move for me personally. Yeah. That's something I feel like for me too, that I felt like I had started investing in real estate and I had started my um, syndication, you know, equity raising company and I saw the power of it. So I hadn't like completely replaced my income from that source, but it was like enough to show me that this was working and that if I left my job and if I committed myself full time to that, then who knows where it could go, you know? Um, and so that was like the thing that gave me the confidence. But I think that's important for people to know because I get this question so many times from investors, like asking, like, how did you know when, when it's time? Did you replace all of your income? Some of it, like, what did that look like? And the answer really is like, no, for me, I didn't. I had replaced some of my income. So I knew that like the process worked. Um, but I think, you know, having that faith that like, you know, things could work out is a big part of what can give you that confidence to go out there and do it for real and, you know, see if mm -hmm. you can make a full-time thing out of it. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially if you have like a good setup in the Bay Area, it's hard to like leave. Yeah. But there are people I've met who just up and left with 500 bucks in their pocket and yeah. went to Chiang Mai. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of faith because they had nothing going yet. Yeah. They're just like, it's going to work. It's going to work. So, <laughs> yeah. So I think uh, it's just my personality to be like, let me prepare everything mm -hmm. and make sure it aligns with mm -hmm. uh, my values and my whatever. So, like, yeah. So. <laughs> cool. Okay, so I have to ask, during your travels, where did you go? Because it sounds like an epic trip. Yeah, I, I spent the first um, six months in Europe, and then like the next six in Asia. I ended up coming back for uh, a little bit, but I like traveled within US and Canada, and then I went back out to Asia. So um, when I first started in Europe, it was like Stockholm, and then Athens for like a month. Bucharest. For, so I did month to month in each place. So that I had enough time to like work at cafes or whatever. So yeah, just like trying to live the local life because that's what intrigues me more when it comes to travel. Like not just visiting attractions. Like I actually like to speak with the people, you know, from there. So I did a month in Athens, a month in Bucharest, a month in Lisbon. I did like uh, some trips to Berlin and London and then went to like Korea there's so many different places, Vietnam, Thailand, Malaysia. Were, were you afraid at all ever as, as a, you know, traveling as a young woman to all of these different countries and unfamiliar places? And I mean, was that ever, or were you like, no, that, that doesn't matter. Never thought about that. Actually, I should have, I should rewind that. Like in 2014, I did a month long solo Europe trip you know, by myself. And I think that made me feel kind of like, oh, this is doable. I was actually supposed to travel with a friend and she bailed. And then I was like, I'm just going to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think it's like not as scary as people think. And it's a matter of just being safe like you normally would right. you know, back home. Yeah. Um, so I think as long as you are mindful like of safety and everything, like it should be okay. So I think I was... I almost got pickpocketed once, but that was like the only thing I experienced. Oh, nice. So, wow. That's not yeah. bad at all. I mean, that, yeah. that <laughs> happened in SF on BART, which I never yeah. ride. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and I think that's so smart that, I mean, essentially you, 
you prototyped it, right? With that month long trip, you tried it out to see if it could work for you. And then you said, you know, this isn't so bad. And then you decided to go full on into it, which is what we always tell people is like, if you want to try something, just try, you know, prototype it out in little chunks and see if it works. Yeah, definitely. I ended up coming back. But I think in the future, you know, I would definitely go back out again. And it's more about that freedom that passive income allows you that, yeah. you know, you can do whatever you want. Like if, if it's not the right time for you to travel, you can just come back if you feel like it, you know? So how many of these different things do you have going on right now? Like, uh, like currently still up and running, like the Etsy thing, the, um, the FBA, the merch by Amazon, um, what else do you have going on? Is it just those kind of like those three things or what else, what other passive income streams do you have? Yeah. So I have, well, I would say like my rental property is one and then uh, merch by Amazon, Etsy, Amazon FBA, actually me and Sean partnered together to like start building my, uh, cause I had it going, but I was like, Oh, maybe we can work on it together. So he's been like, I've been teaching him and we've been like working on it together. So, so fun. That's been cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also like affiliate marketing, I would say like my blog has been making also course sales and stuff like that. So I teach people how to build passive income on Etsy, basically like get your first thousand a month on Etsy type of thing. So I teach people through like, you know, the teachable platform. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, yeah, Mm -hmm. I use that and I sell courses on my blog as well as I also have a niche site. So I, (laughs) I tested this out where, um, I tried to rank a website and see if I could get affiliate marketing commissions and that ended up working within just like two or three months. Like it started making like a few hundred a month passive income, like everything works. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> wait, what, what is that? What is, I don't even know what we're talking about here. Like, wait, so affiliate marketing, you created a, like a dummy website or like an actual website or like what, what are we talking yes. about here? So I created basically a niche website where it's like, I did some research on how saturated um, it is on Google type of thing. Like if there's a bunch of search results for what I'm trying to rank for. Uh-huh. And then I, I just get a bunch of blog posts up about the topic. And then um, if I promote some product and if they purchase through that link, um, I, I make some commission. So uh-huh. that's still been going and I haven't touched I haven't touched a lot of these income streams in a long time. Oh my God. Um, Amaz- yeah, Amazon FBA is the only one I've been mm-hmm. like kind of revisiting. And then like Etsy customer support, basically. Mm-hmm. My main focus right now is to build up Digital Nomad Quest, um, the blog, the uh, podcast, and um, the YouTube channel mm-hmm. so that I can, you know, teach people how to design their lives and do the same type of thing. And that's that's been my focus because mm-hmm. it's been way more fulfilling. Um, another, like a big reason why I came back too was that I felt like I was just kind of chasing these passive income figures and I wanted to actually build a brand. Like I wanted to do something bigger Yeah. and that's where like, I, I just felt like I needed to come home um, and also surround myself with that ambitious energy in the Bay Area. I felt like a lot of expats here in Chiang Mai and stuff like that, they wanted to just chill um, off, you know, the low expenses and stuff, just make enough to like cover it all. Yeah. And I just felt like I was too young to do that. And I just needed to come back and like hustle. Um, Sorry, I got like off track, but. (laughs) No, yeah, that's, that's so, I mean, that's something that we always talk about on the podcast is like, why not just like go sit on a beach somewhere and like, 
you know, just live off of your passive income. You've already done it. You've already replaced your income. Why not do that? And, you know, a lot of it, I think, is because people want to help other people because it makes them feel good. And that's so much of what we do and why we do it. You know, there's certainly other things we could be doing out there to make more money potentially. But at the end of the day, for us, it's really about making that impact is what like, I love getting up every day and doing what we do. I I feel so blessed to be able to help be in a position where, you know, we have been recognized and we're able to then help other people and make an impact. And, you know, it's been, it's been so rewarding. So um, I totally can identify with that and sitting on a beach and just basically doing nothing is not my idea of really living, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like having that option is nice, but like ultimately if you're not fulfilled, like if you don't have some type of purpose type of thing, like it's it's not, you know, you got, you got to have something you're working towards, I think. Yeah. So I'm curious that now that you said that, what do you feel like, and because this is something we talk about all the time, like, what do you feel like your purpose is like to here, you know, on earth, like what is, what do you think your like purpose is in life? Because I feel like when you get to a point where you're able to create enough passive income and you don't have to worry about money so much and you know that things like this work, that you can really just stop for a moment and think about what do I really want to do? What am I super passionate about? What really drives me? And, you know, do what you were meant to do. So what, what do you feel like that is for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a big question, but, um, I think, (laughs) I think currently, like currently I feel like what's been fulfilling is really to inspire others to design their lives. So when I get like messages where they're like, Oh, you inspire me so much. Like I've been able to do this and this, Mm -hmm. that really, you know, makes me feel like, Oh, I'm, I'm doing something that I believe in and it's helping others. And that's what I feel like maybe my purpose is currently, but I think, um, my passion overall is really like creating. Mm-hmm. So I used to actually do music and I was like a singer songwriter and stuff. I did YouTube for music, Oh, cool. but that's kind of part of it too. That's like creating as well mm-hmm. um, on the, on the music side, but also like businesses. Like I find that fun, like building something from scratch is fun yeah. to me. Yeah. Even like, I would love to even build a tiny house and stuff like random stuff like yeah. that, you know? Okay. So I'm all about just like creating stuff from scratch. So I guess my overall passion is that I don't, I don't know if my big overall purpose is really to that design your life thing is my definite purpose in yeah. life or anything, but yeah. currently that's how it feels. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Cool. Shall we transition to the investing for good impact round? Let's do it. Sounds good. Okay, Sharon, we're going to ask you three questions that we ask all of our guests. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so the first question is about investing in yourself. So what is one way that your investments or your passive income streams are allowing you to live a better life? Yeah, so I think um, especially after nomading for so long, it just made me feel like once you have that financial freedom, it really feels like you're not stuck to any one thing. So I think um, now that I am working um, at a full-time position, um, I don't feel like I need to be there or anything, but I'm learning so much from it. And it's just a good gig for me right now. And I feel like being able to create these businesses just like um, freeze your you know, mind up and everything. It just makes you feel unstuck, which I think a lot of people feel like these days, like they feel stuck. They have to be at this job and they can't change paths. Kind of like what you said, like quitting is like really scary for people, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess that's probably my takeaway. Yeah. 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 And that's such, it's such an inspiration that you, you just, you actually went through and you did that. You know, a lot of people talk about it. A lot of people dream about it, but so few people are actually doing that. And, um, so that's fantastic. It's a good time to be alive right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, like (laughs) when I think about where I was, like, when I was your age, none of this was, you know, obviously the internet was kind of just coming out and the idea of even all of this was nothing. Yeah. You know, it was still like, no, you go out there, you get a job and you work for the next 30 or 40 years and you buy a primary home. Like that's going to be your life. Like get mm-hmm. used to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so incredible how, you know, the internet and technology has opened up these doors and this changed the way that people are living in such a dramatic way to really be able to live, I feel like, so much more of a fulfilled, meaningful life. And so, uh, you know, it's a great time to be to be around. Yeah, <laughs> totally agree with that. I think like new passive income streams are coming out every day. Like, you know, doing something you love is not like impossible now. It's like you can yeah. definitely do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Second question. Now let's talk about investing in others. So what's the one investment strategy or a life hack or ninja hack that you can share that will really make an impact in others' lives right now? So I would say, I guess in in the whole passive income online business type of world, if you are kind of low on capital, I would say Etsy and Merch by Amazon are ones to pursue. If you have a lot of uh, capital and less time, I would say like, explore like Amazon FBA and perhaps like real estate investment. And I I guess those, that would be my general like outlook on the passive income streams where you're trying to figure out what, what do you have more of time or capital and figuring out which route works for you more as as well as figure out your strengths. So like just those four, that would be um, kind of what I think also, also um, if you have more time and like less capital, you could also try blogging. And then if you're okay with doing that long-term build a brand type of thing, that's my advice as well. So hopefully that's kind of a ninja hack. I'm not sure. (laughs) No, it absolutely, absolutely is. And that's a question that I get all the time from investors is, you know, if, if I, and, and that's what I always tell folks is if you have, they come and they say, well, what should I do? And it's like, well, do you have more money or do you have more time? And that's really where I start my conversation because most people, they're either lacking in one area or they have more in another. And so that really depends, you know, based on their response, it really depends on what my response would be to them in terms of how to move forward, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people are just like, well, what should I do, Sharon? Like, you know, what do I do? And it's like, well, I don't know, you know, what do you have more of time or money? And so I love that that's kind of like where you're starting in terms of like suggestions. So many good, I'm gonna have to go back and like listen to this again, because (laughs) like, for like quickly, like jotting notes. I'm like, oh my God, wait, what did she say? I'm going <laughs> yeah. to listen to all of this so I can start creating my other streams of income because it's, mm-hmm. you know, real estate investing is great, but it's like you said, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't offer you the opportunity to diversify. And so um, what I love about what you're doing is there's all these different things that you're doing to help diversify where your passive income streams are um, coming from. So yeah. Awesome. Glad it's helping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay, final question. Now let's talk about how you're investing in the world. So what's the one thing you're doing right now to make the world a better place? 
Um, well, I guess the whole, I, I'm kind of saying the same thing again, but like, I think the whole uh, design your life thing is what my message is and how I try to help people to inspire people to not feel like they have to be stuck at a full-time job if they don't want to. Mm-hmm. There are opportunities out there. Just h- being able to help people do that and discover multiple streams of income that they can pursue is just pretty fulfilling to me. So. So I'm curious, do you work with people who are like within a certain age range? And if so, what is that age range? Like if somebody who was like, you know, nearing retirement, like let's say they were like 55, 60, you know, retirements in the, in their, you know, near ish horizon. Like, do you, do you ever get people like that who want to work with you and coach with you? Or is it mostly like younger folks who want to, you know, spend two years traveling abroad or what, like what kind of people do you work with? Yeah. I mean, I'm not currently like coaching, but I actually, I did get an inquiry like this (laughs) yesterday to like coach them. So I'm I'm probably going to do that. But I think um, I get like a wide range. I would say like younger is usually (laughs) what I, yeah, especially because of the whole digital nomad idea. I think it appeals to younger people, but I've also gotten stuff from like digital nomad like families which is pretty cool families, yeah. yeah yeah so um it's all over the place and i think it can still help any type of audience you know yeah, yeah to be mm-hmm. able to become financially free so well julie's got her page of notes and i've certainly got a lot of things i want to follow up on too so sharon tell us you know where should people go to learn more yeah, so you can go to my blog, digitalnomadquest.com. My YouTube is my full name, Sharon Sung. Uh, and my podcast is the Digital Nomad Quest podcast with Sharon Sung. So hopefully that's easy to remember. Um, I also have a course on Etsy if you guys are interested in making passive income through that. So if you want to make your first thousand a month, I basically teach all my secrets in that one course. So you can check it out on my website. Nice. Nice. We definitely will. I'm going to have to give Etsy another shot with this uh, <laughs> these digital files. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, Sharon Sung, owner of Digital Nomad Quest. Sharon, thank you so much for taking the time to walk us through your incredible story and to share your wisdom with us today. Thank you guys for having me. It was awesome. Thank you. You've been listening to Investing for Good, the number one podcast for people like you who are investing to build a legacy for their families, create a meaningful and intentional life by design, and impact the world around them. For more resources, check out goodegginvestments.com slash podcast and be sure to join the Investing for Good Facebook community. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star review so we can continue to bring you amazing new conversations every week. Until next time, keep investing for good.